So, are you curious? Welcome to the Curiosity Codex. I am your ardent enthusiast, Kyle Olson, and with me is my hapless cohort, Rob Cabasco. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Let's keep talking track. All right. So on the menu today, we have a dish for the more modern eater. Many of you look at Trek and see the colorful jumpsuits, the dated effects, the stiff acting, and wonder what is the big deal. Where's the cursing? Where are the amazing visuals? Where is the sex? Oh, where are the characters who have a memory for longer than 44 minutes? <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got something on the menu that I think you'll like. However, this is Nouveau Cuisine. It's a wild combination of flavors that don't always work together, and the recipe keeps changing. But if you're willing to take some risks, it will really quench your appetite. From 2017, it's Star Trek Discovery. What a fantastic intro, and that is, okay, like, I mean, you can't undersell this enough. Not no. only is that spot on, but, I mean, to me, I, I'm just going to say it, like, this is a show that I I struggled with until the third season. Agreed. So, it, it's it's Next Generation, uh, spoiler, yeah. it is very similar to another Star Trek series, <laughs> because because it, it really, I think, I think the show is amazing where it hits, but to get to the third season, you got to get to the first two. So here we are. Part of the problem is that it's still airing. So it's like all the rest of these right. are, are finished. They're other a set story, like beginning, middle, end. But this one is still ongoing. So like at the time of recording, we're getting ready for the fourth season to launch uh, soon. So the third season has just finished airing ish in the last couple of months. So it's, it's hard to know if it's going to get better. It seems to be getting better, but we honestly don't know. So the rest of us, you'll have to you'll have to go along on the journey and, and figure it out. That's kind of one of the reasons why I, I kept it here at third, even though it's the most recent, the most is because we don't know. Uh, uh, and the other thing is that it is the darkest of all of the Star Trek shows. Not only in content, but also in lighting. <laughs> the first season is just really, really dark and hard to see it a lot of times. It's got sex. It's got violence. It's got conflict between characters. It's got layers and layers of secrets. And it's set in a very odd time. Uh, so the continuity can get a little wonky because uh, they're they're doing modern stuff, but it's supposed to be set in a time when things weren't as high-tech and modern, and so it, it gets a little weird. But I know that you, as a new viewer, won't have this big problem, but it does get a little strange when they talk about things that are happening now that are, are sort of before any of the original series stuff, but yet they're much more technologically advanced. So it gets kind of funky, but let's let's talk about where we are in the timeline. So here we are in 2256. So uh, as you've been following along, that means we're a hundred years after the events of Enterprise, aka Star Trek Enterprise. So the discovery takes place between the pilots of the original series and the first episode of the original series. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I mean about yeah? It, that's where things get a little wonky. I didn't even know. I did not even know that. Yes. So what's happened since the time of Enterprise? Well, uh, we've had a war with the Romulans. Uh, so that 
that has all been off screen, so that's never been depicted anywhere else. It's just one of those things that they talk about as having happened. At the start of the show, the Klingons have been very, very quiet. They're, they're aware they're out there, but they've not really had dealings with them. That'll change very quickly in the first episode, so I don't need to get into that. But let's just say that there has not been much dealings with the Klingons. But the Federation is in full effect. So the Federation, like we talked about in the DS9 episode, is, is here, is strong, and Starfleet is out there. There's not a ton of ships out there, but there are a lot of them. Uh, though obviously, as the as the shows go on, they, they there'll be more and more. But there's a handful of ships, well, more than a handful, uh, out there patrolling, doing their Starfleet kind of thing. Where things get a little rough is that this show departs from start the the things we've established as Star Trek as being, if not if not cornerstones or, or bedrock, at least the things that they have done on their show so far. The main character of the show is not the captain. It's actually the first thing we're following. The story of Star Trek Discovery is the story of Michael Burnham, of course, the thing, and not just on the Discovery, even though that's in the name of the title. So it's I guess they're kind of doing a double meaning thing because right. it's about her discovery of herself and and watching her evolve and change and learn over the course of time. And that's never really been done in Star Trek. There's It's always been the ensemble. Like, it's always been like, you know, there's Captain Kirk, there's Captain Picard, there's Captain Sisko, and then the people who are around them. But we've never really followed one character through different stages of their life before. It's, it's sort of like you got the impression on the other shows, they could kill that person if the suddenly contract negotiations went wrong. They replaced with another one and the show would keep going. That would be a really hard sell with Discovery because it's so much about the story of Michael Burnham. And that can be a positive and negative thing because the other characters on the show are really, really fascinating. And so when they decide to make everything about Michael Burnham's journey sometimes that can be annoying because you kind of want to know what the other people are doing and what they're up to and so a lot of that comes from the fact that it had a very difficult genesis brian fuller was a writer for star trek he had done a lot of stuff on voyager and then he left and then created pushing daisies and then he went he created hannibal like he became a very celebrated show creator runner he, he was brought in to create what became Star Trek Discovery. Uh, and so he had a lot of ideas and plans and things he wanted to do. And then he got fired. It's a little more complicated than that, but essentially it didn't work out creatively and he had to step away and other people stepped in. There's a whole thing with American Gods, which would be a whole nother episode in and of itself <laughs> about the rise and fall of that show, which has been recently canceled. It was a whole thing. So once he left the show, then all the stuff he had been planning and setting up were sort of left there. And so it took another group of creative people who had been involved to sort of pick up the mantle and go, and the show then changed directions. And so then they finished out season one, and then season two came in, and another group of creative people took over, and they took it in another direction. And then season three came in, and I think you get the idea of what's happening. So there's been a bit of creative whiplash because <laughs> Star Trek Discovery is an ongoing story as opposed to the other ones we talked about which were episodic procedural this is one story being told over multiple episodes now the meta plot it's, it's sort of closer i guess to the x files that there is a major plot going on and then minor plot so sometimes the major plot is not a major focus of the episode so if it's a, a war with a particular race or or a quest whatever it is sometimes that'll be in the background and then whatever the 
alien du jour will be the main focus and then but it goes back and forth but there's always a runner there's always a through line and the characters have memory and they will talk about things that happened to them in seasons ago years ago like they actually have a long memory and they will remember things that happened to them it's sort of like a uh, a really well-written role-playing game where uh the thing will pop up on screen that tilly will remember that like it's the same kind of thing like it, actions have consequences in discovery it is really really now it is very much of today it is uh, 2017 2018 2019 20 like it is very much in the loam of what's going on because it is the most progressive of all the star trek shows there is more diversity on this show than in any other star trek show there are more women on this show there are more lgbtq characters on the show than in any any uh, star trek thing before and they are front and center and they're they are not made to be othered oh right it is just part of the of the show it is part it is built into the dna now like i said as things change like some of the characters are there um like the I see. This is why I didn't. I didn't write down all the characters' names. But the the helmswoman uh, is this very striking black woman with long braids. Uh, but she doesn't get a character name until like <laughs> midway through second the second season. So yeah, they won the the push pull. This is a, the same kind of thing. Like it, it, at, by the time they get to season three, they are firing on all cylinders. But it does take them a while to get up and going. But they actually should be applauded for the effort because they have done a really, really good job of putting these things front and center and not making it a political show. So it's like it's, everything that happens is not specifically about what's going on now, and yet it kind of is. So it is a show that is is, is constantly in development, is constantly getting better, which is, is another thing too. It does have its issues with trying to fit into a very odd time. So I guess we can talk about this later. So there was a uh, originally a pilot shot for the, uh, the original series, and we're going to talk about the original series uh, coming up here uh, in a future episode. Uh, and then, then they just then they didn't like it, so they did something else, and so they actually had the first episode. Well, this entire series takes place between those two things, and that can get a little weird because a lot of the stuff that's happening here predates the 1960s show. So they seem to have more advanced technology than we had seen in the other one. I don't exactly know why they decided to put it here. I guess it's because they wanted to take one of the most famous characters on Star Trek and put him into the show. And that, of course, is Spock. So Spock is in the show as a young man. So he is a part of the show. This is the, it predates any of the stuff we have seen. So he is young Spock, and he is not quite the same Spock that we've seen in other stuff before. I, I Okay, so here's a couple things, that, you know, and you've already heard me say this. The, the third season, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I thought the third season was one of the greatest seasons I've seen of recent television. I agree. And the second season is also an oh, amazing piece. Yeah, of I, the well. third season I love, but yes, I would agree. First season's a little wonky, so just FYI, there, there's, and you have options. You could go watch a summary of season one and then dive into season two. I, mean, like, <laughs> I well, see, I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I would say, yeah, here's, yeah, here's my that. point, though, I want to make, though, about right off the bat. So if you understand where this show is placed, the producers of this show had a decision to make and, and, and they caught a lot of heat for it. First of all, this show is the victim of, how do we say this? Uh, the mid 2010s was a really rambunctious time for, um, nerd property development. And hear me out when I say this between this rogue one, um, the, the Zack Snyder and, and the, the DC expanded universe, 
there was a lot of crazy things that happened in the middle of production. Solo, you could go down the list, right? Yeah. Oh, where right. People, yeah, that's good. Where a lot of money had been spent on developing stuff. And in the middle of development, people just went, yeah, this isn't working. We're going to start over, but um, hold everything. We're going to figure this out. That's kind of what happened. So the first season is a little bit like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, right? Um, now, but here's the other issue is, it's like, okay, if you, you know Star Trek, if you're listening to this, you're like, okay, I know Star Trek. I know enough about the original series, the movies, Next Generation, and some other stuff, right? Why, if this takes place before the original series, why does it look like the Kelvin timeline? <laughs> and that's the bottom line. And the and the point this the two yeah. points I would make to you on this is if you're at all familiar with Star Trek, there is a great difference between the next generation and the next generation movies. Because what happened in the next generation oh, movies yeah. is they got rid of a th of two thirds of the lights in the Enterprise. <laughs> now, <laughs> why do they do that? There's no there's no practical reason they did it. They did it because movies look like movies and TV shows look like TV shows. Yeah. Into and shadows, shadows and drama and cinematic yeah. lighting, right? No, here's the deal. Right. They had a decision to make. When we are making the show that is set where it's set, do we make all the super Trek nerds happy and at the same time isolate a lot of new people? Because a lot of new people go, I don't want to watch something that looks like it was made in a garage. And or yeah. do we just just kind of blur the lines and do we make something that just looks killer? That's that's what they did. They they wanted to make something that looks killer. And how do I prove this? Because at the time we're recording this, there is another show that's in development that is going to take place again in the old series in the old series era by one of the characters. And they've already announced, yeah, that show is going to look more like the original series. Why? <laughs> because we can, and it makes sense. Because that's we know the audience for that show. There's no practical reason. There's no reason yeah. like. Oh, in the timeline, um, a library burned down. And they lost all the plans for everything. No, that's not what happened. Uh, time traveler. Came no, back and... that's not what happens, right? A comet doesn't wipe out like a, an industry planet, and then they lose all the blueprints. No, that, yeah, that's that, already happened. That's season three. <laughs> but, but, but I will say, like that's the reason. So don't get too much like look at if you're going to get into this and say well how come this doesn't look like this 1960s enterprise what's going on here and and then there's a ship that shows up that, and it is right and it doesn't look like that why yeah check your brain at the door yeah well yeah that, that's the thing is i keep bringing this up even though i know this is designed for new yeah. viewers but because it is an ongoing thing with this show for the first I'd say two seasons. By the time they get season three, it, none of it matters. Exactly. Like, basically, they, they've, they have figured it out. They've ironed it out, and it's fine. But it does become a thing in this one. And, and specifically, in season two, they go back and they reference an, the original unaired pilot for the original series of Star Trek. So much so they have actually show clips from it. And then they have recast the actors from that. But you're supposed to just go, okay, right. great. So, so as much as they're like, like, ah, oh, it's all about new people, like new audiences. We don't want to get tied down continuity. Well, you directly referenced a super obscure episode. You recast the people who are in it and expect everybody to go. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I, I'm sure. <laughs> and so it gets a little, it's wonky. okay. So here's the deal. I don't check your brain at the door because Star Trek, let's be, let's be fair. We've already said this. It is a yeah. show that requires your brain. Don't check yes. your continuity at the door. Check your sensibilities at the door. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. And just, 
except the fact that they're trying to do something and go along for the ride because you could drive yourself crazy exactly. by trying to like map out where everything is and people hack. oh yes uh, so right so th that's the but so at the at the bottom line of all this is it is worth yes. the trip like you at the first as you start start this out you're gonna go this is star trek because like like i said people are swearing on screen there is it's it's PG level, but it's still nudity. There is you know adult content like in this show. Uh, there people are are really brutally murdered. Like I mean, it, it's it's trying. It's like they're like, oh, we're on streaming now, so we can do whatever you want. Well, just because you can <laughs> doesn't mean you should, but they do, and so you have to get it. So it is a show that is. It is it is veering between newly widened lanes of tone, trying to find out where it goes. And I can tell you, it does find its yes. lane. Oh, yes. But it's just like just like in a driving game. It's trying to find the line, and eventually they do find the line. And once they, they get it, they're, they're going strong. And to say, the, the characters are, are consistently well-written, and the acting is consistently good, too. So that's another thing. When we talk about some of the other series, even there's there's some wonky stuff in, in Deep Space Nine and, and in Enterprise, too. Like there's a, they're very broad stereotypes at the beginning. Uh, and then they, they sort of become nuanced characters. They, go, they, are, they are fully nuanced, interesting characters from the start of Discovery. You just discover more layers of them as they go and also how they relate to each other. And there are characters who are specifically set up to be pissy <laughs> antagonistic uh you know like uh, uh irascible uh, that kind of thing and you get to understand why they are that way and they eventually grow and learn and change and and that as, as it goes along and there's characters that i was at the beginning i was like ugh, this freaking guy and now i'm like i hope he never leaves the show i mean there's there's some fantastic fantastic <laughs> stuff and and the nice thing about having the the main character not be the captain is we get captains. So you you uh, over the course of this, we've had yeah. like three or four different captains. So you get to see how our main character, Michael, inter interacts with them in different ways and how their command structure is different. I say, actually, as I'm thinking in my head, there's even more than four. Um, you get to see her learning about power by seeing how these captains deal with their crew and situations and other people and uh, and that. So that's been an uh, interesting journey too. And like I said, the journey is still continuing. Um, so there also is, uh, uh, there's, uh, there's something I want to talk about, but I don't want to spoil it for you because there are so many fun things that happened uh, over the course of it that I, I want to get into. There's some really, really stellar actors uh, that you would not expect to be in a Star Trek thing that show up in this uh, and, and they give me so much joy. Um, so I, I want to spread that joy to you and I, and I don't want to deprive you of the experience of it. So uh, Star Trek Discovery is currently only available on Paramount Plus uh, or I believe you can buy the Blu-ray. Oh, actually, no, you can and you can you can buy some of them on digital. So there there's multiple ways to get to it. And I highly, highly recommend it. And you definitely 1000 percent need to watch the first episode, because uh, if anything that we've even we've been teaching you is that the first episodes of Star Trek are super important for every series. <laughs> Never skip the pilot. OK, strike what I said earlier. Yes. On that part, it is. You're correct. Yeah. The first episode, you have to understand what yeah. sets everything up. Uh, yes. And a lot of times it, it, I, can, I, can, I can almost guarantee if there's something that annoys you about the show, they're going to fix it. Oh, yeah. Because there are at the beginning, there was a lot of nerd debate and, and ruffled feathers. And even, you know, even Rob and I were sort of like, oh, God, I'm, I'm so tired of, you know, 
plotline X and like, right. oh, six, seasons, six episodes later, plotline X is gone. <laughs> and yeah. you go, oh, you know, and, and now you kind of go, I wonder if they're going to bring plotline X back. It's like, no, no, no. It's, it's, we, we moved on from that. We're doing something different. Um, so that is, that is my third recommendation for this. If you want something new and modern and, and different and you're willing to let them grow and change, uh, then Star Trek Discovery is the meal I recommend for you. Can I add, I just want to, I just want to add this about this is I agree with everything. And one of the things that I think you said that I had not considered until just now. Yeah. The show is interestingly titled because although the ship is the discovery, which is not, I mean, you know, from the very beginning, it's not the main ship in the first episode or so. Right. But you're right. It's the, the, the title is not really just the ship. It is really about the journey. Mm hmm. And I can't stress that enough because the third season is just so spectacular, in my opinion, Yeah, that you want to see it. And where it goes, yeah. it may not always be the discovery. Right. Yeah. It I, may I, not. Like, uh, I mean, the, yeah. The show that, that you think it is at the beginning, like even in the first episode or in the first couple episodes of season one, is not the show that it is by the end of the third season. Oh, and, no. You know, would you agree with that? I, mean, I, I would like totally agree. We I, don't. We're specifically not. Giving no. Away, but, and, 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 but at the same time, it is. It. It. And, and I'll tell you this. Uh, you know what? To to really get the story, one of the neat things, if you're listening to this and you're like, I haven't seen any of this. Well, you're you're in luck because this show probably will make more sense binging it. Yes. Because you true. won't. Because literally, there'll be less time between between arcs, yeah. and you'll get and through they, it. They do a lot of. They do cliffhangers. Yes. Oh. Star Trek is not usually used to doing. So like they'll get to the end of the episode and you'll like want to know what happens next because now not always, but there's enough of them that you go, wait, what does that mean? And you want to jump right into the next episode. I, 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 I just, I, I will just say this, the third season, I have such love for it, but also too, you're going to watch this because there is not only is there a connection to, to traditional Star Trek lore, you have a phenomenal new character that is part of a new race of characters we have not seen before. Yes. That is fantastic. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, we, we haven't singled out any characters because I kind of wanted you to experience them. But I have to say, Doug Jones. And and here's the other big thing. If you're like, uh, I don't know, you know, do I need to watch more more ships going around at warp speed? Uh, not to ruin anything, but there's something else other than warp speed. Yeah. And when you see that, it changes a lot of how the show works. So please, yes. I and if you you're it. if you are a old school uh, Rent head from the nineties, two of the original members of Rent are in this show. Two. And there if that's go. not a selling point, I don't know what is. But I can see that many of you are confused, annoyed, and don't like you see on your plate. It's too wild, too new, too different. You're looking for something comfortable, familiar, consistent, and that is absolutely valid. Sometimes you need the tried and true menu items, and I've got a choice for you that I think you're going to really enjoy. And we'll talk about that next time. And in the meantime, while you're waiting for the next episode to drop, go do something nice for yourself. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the next chapter in the Curiosity Codex, but there are still many pages left to decipher. We're part of the True Story FM family of podcasts. Find out more about us at truestory.fm. Our theme music is Intrusion by Severed Personality, a.k.a. Kevin McLeod. The voice of the Codex is Vicki Hall. Find her on the web at vickihall.squarespace.com. My co-host is Rob Cabosco. Find him with me on the Marvel Movie Minute podcast. And my name is Kyle Olson. 
the codex is closed for now. <laughs>